And we're live. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for uh, joining us. Another great episode of Nooner Nation, podcast for Nooners by Nooners. And we have a special guest tonight. Uh, somebody not necessarily from the Nooner Nation, but I think somebody you would be fascinated to hear his story and his cause. I am joined tonight by uh, Travis Hall from Second Chance Canines. How are you doing tonight, Travis? I'm good, man. Thank you so much for having us on here. I really appreciate it. Uh, I, I listened to a couple of your podcasts actually li- leading up to this, and I was like, oh, man, this is going to be a fun one. Yeah. Yeah, we, we tend to have fun. We take it. We don't take ourselves too seriously, you know. No, there's, no. there's plenty of, uh, if you're wanting, you know, serious political talk or questioning the ec- efficacy of, like, vaccinations, like, you can go find that oh, pretty much anywhere that. you look, you know. I'm, so. I, I've I'm actually in a hotel, as you can see, like me and Shaw are chilling in a hotel right now. Shaw, Shaw obviously working the hardest today. You know, he, he was my driver and, you know, all of that. Yeah. So uh, we're on our, we're in Texarkana tonight and we're making our way to Houston tomorrow. And then after Houston, we're going to Lubbock. And then after Lubbock, we're driving all the way out to Reno to go pick up a dog. So man, it's, it's going to be a great, crazy couple of days. Yeah, a lot of road time, a lot, a lot of... Uh... A lot of gas stops, I'm guessing. I'm sure you're not. I, I, you don't look like the kind of guy driving a Prius for these kind of trips. Uh, dude, I rented a car for this one just because I have more dogs than my car will hold. Right. So uh, my wife actually makes fun of me. I rented a minivan for this one because I can fit a bunch of kennels in it. Yeah. And so, um, and they're in the car. They're not in the back of a truck. So I, I rented a minivan, and uh, my wife was like, "Get that minivan out of my driveway." <laughs> I've been trying to trick her in a minivan for a while now, and she's she's not having it. So. Oh, that's the, that's the exact opposite of me. My I've been like trying to keep my wife from bringing a minivan home. You know, she's like, "They're so convenient." We got two kids. I was like, "But like, I don't know. Tahoes are cool too." You know. You don't have yeah. to- <laughs> The thing is, this minivan can outlast me on gas, so we'll be driving down the road, and I'm like, I've got two dogs with me this uh, this week, and I'm gonna have three on the way back or four on the way back, and uh, this minivan can out outpace me on gas for for gas versus P stops. So I'm right. like, yeah, you know, I'm like, mm, I, you know, I'm like, I'm starting to do the pee pee dance a little bit. I'm starting to hang out, and I'm like, uh, we're stopping early to get gas, you know, and so, right. I dude, my my truck gets the worst gas mileage, but it but it's actually good because I have to stop a lot, you know, for the dogs and myself. Oh yeah. But yeah. This my, one's been brutal. Yeah. My, my truck got decent gas mileage until recently when I put the, finally wore out the tires that were on it when I bought it and put the tires I want on it. Now the gas mileage ain't so good. You know? Yeah. I drive a, um, I drive a forerunner. It's a pretty decked out forerunner with a lift and yeah. all the bumpers and stuff. And so I'm at like 11 or 12 miles to the gallon which is not a good thing when you're rescuing dogs you know yeah and you're driving uh i'm at like last month i had 42 hours of driving for dogs this and it's only december 2 and i'm already at like i mean nashville to texarkana texarkana to lubbock lubbock to reno reno to nashville so i think it's like uh one way just to just to reno was like 37 hours so add all the little stops mm-hmm. in between oh yeah i'm, I'm I'm burning down the freeways for these dogs. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So um, before we, you know, kind of get into the the details about uh, your organization you founded, can you go ahead and just give us a, like a quick rundown of your, your history, your background? Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I was, uh, I joined the army to become a special forces guy. I, when I got to special forces, uh, you know, I did my normal time on a team and then uh, my like, 
it, out of pure selfishness, I, I asked if I could stay on a team longer, you know, cause I was due to go rotate and teach at uh, Fort Bragg and I didn't want to, I wanted to stay in a team. So they were like, well, the only thing we have is dog handling. If you want to be a dog handler, you can stay on the team. And I was like, I will take it, you know? And so I, I, I jumped on it, not knowing really what I was getting into, um, you know? And so just kind of jumped on it, embraced it, went and did all the training and uh, ran my dog over in Iraq for four trips. Uh, so I've got uh, 18 total combat deployments, uh, seven to Iraq, uh, 10 to uh, Afghanistan and one to Africa. And so, but what's crazy for me is the ones that stick out to, mo to me the most out of all of that, like carnage and shooting at people and being shot at is the trips I took with Bear, my dog, you know? And so um, with that, you know, I, I got out of active duty in uh, 2010 and, and contracted, you know, in Afghanistan. And so, you know, I didn't think it was my dog, but eventually he retired to me and it just, it changed my whole life. So I wanted to offer that same thing, that same thing that he offered me. I wanted to offer that to other veterans. So um, we started rescuing dogs, really not knowing what we were doing, um, rehabbing them and just giving them to, to our teammates and stuff. And, and eventually it, it became second chance canine where, you know, we're an official nonprofit. We, we are, you know, we are a rescue. We, we rescue these dogs and then turn them into, we try to turn them all into service dogs. Not, not all of them are capable. Um, since we are working with rescues. Um, but yeah, that, that's our goal, man. That, you know, having him overseas made such an impact on not only my life, but like all the guys on my team's lives and everybody that was around him. So, you know, we, we just want to do it to honor him. Awesome. Awesome. So when you went to, you know, when you got your dog in the special forces, was, was Bear already trained or were you responsible for training him? So I, I, it's crazy that, uh, the way it went, but it, I went through three different dogs, uh, because we were expecting so much out of these dogs. And, and, you know, just like, uh, just like going and trying out for special forces, you know, like not everybody can make it, not everybody's capable. And so I went, bear was actually my third dog in, in trying to find the right dog for what we were asking them to do. Uh, I had a little dog named Bo who was pretty sick. He had a heart murmur. So he got, he got, uh, failed. And then I had a, an older dog, um, but she was just terrified of floors, you know, like any different floor kind of like scared her to death. So we, 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 we recycled her and then that's when I got bear and, and having bear was just, it was, it was awesome, man. Like he, he came green, he came very like, oh yeah, he came very green, uh, in his training, he had a little, he had like that base of training from Europe, but we really, really, when we got him, we polished him and made him perfect, you know, kind of thing. Oh, uh, so you mentioned Europe. So like are most dogs, like, do they get like preliminary training from what well, I'm assuming like a contractor in, in Europe or something? Yeah. So, uh, there's like the, the most impeccable breeding, uh, out of these dogs comes from Europe. And I think bear was, uh, bear came from a kennel where he named everything, uh, after he named it in Latin. Right. So bears real name was Ferris or iron. Okay. Um, but he just, he just, it never took, you know, he was always, he looked like a little bear, so we just ended up calling him Bear because it was much easier for yeah. my kids at the time to say, you know. So, uh, plus he had a little dock tail, so he just looked like a little uh, little bear with big ears mm -hmm. running around. Um, but yeah, most most of the military dogs come from Europe. Uh, they just have a they have a they have the the best breeding programs for these dogs. The dogs are from the that area, 
you know, so they have the best lines that, that ship, you know, that they ship over here. Um, and Bear just being the baller that he was, you know, he, I think he came from like a, an Eastern European uh, breeder. I don't know for sure. Cause we, we don't have that record when the, when uh, like agencies buy them, you know, so what they do is they go on buy trips where they go over there and they'll look at hundreds of dogs and they'll decide, Hey, we want these 30. And then they ship them over here to the States to get put into our programs. Awesome. Um, so you got out. Uh, so what year, I guess, was it when you decided to kind of start doing second chance canines as a, as a, a nonprofit? I know you mentioned, you know, you you were kind of, you had your dogs, you had a couple other dogs, but then you eventually made the decision that like, Hey, this is what you want to do is start. Yeah, this nonprofit. Yeah. So we didn't actually think we were going to rescue bear. We thought he was going to go to another handler because he was kind of young. So we thought he was going to be another dog's uh, and then go on more deployments and stuff. Mm -hmm. He just didn't do very well without me. You know, he had such, uh, we had such a tight bond that when I left, he just started ha having separation anxiety. He was biting people. He was just a terrible dog. And so long story short, they called me up and I was going in there every once in a while and checking on him and helping them with him and feeding him and cleaning him and, and all stuff like that. And, uh, the kennel master was a friend of mine and he just kind of handed me the paperwork and said, Hey, you know, take your dog. We, he's just trouble. We don't want him. We've got it approved. He can, you can retire to him. So with that, um, once we had bear, we started like seeing like, okay, I, you know, at that point I had like multiple deployments under my belt. I had all the training courses under my belt. And so we kind of like just started picking up dogs that were in pretty desperate need, mostly from like the pound or, or by word of mouth. And we would just put some training into them and then we would donate them to friends that was six years ago you know mm -hmm. like that was almost six years ago um we've been a nonprofit for two years and uh and we're really able to with the nonprofit, we're able to do so much more because you know we have finances to do this you know we have the ability you know we can we can ask for money to build better kennels and we can ask for money to you know we still need a we still need an indoor kennel we have an outdoor kennel uh, we still need an indoor kennel, which is substantial, you know, with the right. building prices and everything, the way it is, it's going to be $130,000 for an indoor kennel, you know, kind of thing. And so, but, but by us being a nonprofit, we were able to kind of like make way better decisions and, and, and build infrastructure that aligns with the nonprofit, you know, right. and not just doing it out of pocket, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I can see definitely see building price the way they are. That's going to be a pretty big expense. Um, you going to go heated floors in there for the dogs? Probably not heated floors, but um, I am going to because the electricity is going up, everything's going up. We're going to put a wood stove in there, you okay. know, kind of thing, and then we can kind of heat the dogs that way. We'll have a, we'll have all the power and water and everything, right. but man, it's just like I've noticed since it's starting to get colder, our electric bill because we yeah. heat the garage that the dogs oh, yeah. are in is like starting it's starting to skyrocket. Oh yeah. So I'm like, Oh crap. You know, like, so I want to build a new garage, put a wood stove, uh, put an apartment above the garage that veterans can stay in when they come hang out with us to get their dogs, you know, and, and get them out of the hotel and get them more personal and, and hanging out with us. Awesome. Yeah. I know. Like I put heated floors in my bathroom and I can't get my dog off of them now. <laughs> I have a heated floor in my bathroom and I, 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 when I'm not feeling well and I'm like, you know, I don't drink anymore, but when it's like the, you know, just like not feeling well, I'll curl up on my bathroom floor and just let the heat soak into me while I'm laying there, just not feeling good. Yeah. 
Yeah, he loves it. He's a 13-year-old bassador, so he doesn't really do much of anything anyways. So. No, we've got we've got a couple of those. Um, we've got a 13-year-old Mal that we rescued at six months old. They were going to put her down. Um, she had torn her ACL really bad, and she had heartworm. So the, the, the department was like at, like they were just at a loss. And so they ended up calling me to see if I would take her because they just, the department couldn't, couldn't keep her, you know, she right. needed so much work. And then uh, we've had her for 12 and a half years, you know, wow. so she's 13, she's still going strong. Um, and we've got a 10 year old that uh, hangs out. She's my old dog, Baron. Um, she's retired now. And I, I use uh, a new dog named Kuma okay. that goes everywhere, everywhere with us. Awesome. Kuma and Kuma Baron Oso, any dog that I get to name, I name them Bear somehow, mm. some way, you know. So there, gotcha. there's like Oso is Bear in Spanish, Kuma is Japanese for Bear, uh, Baron is like Old World German for Bear, you know, like female Bear. So yeah, any dog that I get to name, I name them Bear. Awesome. People, people are like, dude, enough with the bears. Enough with the bear. Yeah. Well, then you can just start going like into like specific breeds of bear. Right. You know, have like polar. That's actually, yeah, yeah, we can name one polar. That's a good idea. And then go through the different languages for polar, right? Right. It's pretty, There's pretty, a, pretty evergreen naming content you've got going on. Right. Yeah. There's a um, There's a Mishka, which is Russian for bear. There's a Misha, which is the little the little Russian doll from the Olympics, from oh, yeah. uh, the Winter Olympics in Russia. Yeah. There's all kinds of bears out there. Oh, somebody asked a question in the chat. They're telling me about oh. Uh, somebody in the live chat asked, you train dogs on Frontenac in Afghanistan. He looks like a trainer he had while he was there in 2013. Who had a dog named Bear. Oh, that's awesome. So That's super cool. What's the question? He asked, uh, Jacob Nickel in the chat, he asked, hey, did he train dogs on FOB Frontenac in Afghanistan? I did not. Well, when I was in Afghanistan, I was... Uh... I was a Green Beret guy, you know, I was doing more of the assaulter thing. Um, the only experience I have with dogs was in, uh, was in Iraq. That was my, gotcha. that was my, you know, that was my one opportunity. Um, it's not like a MOS for us, you know, like being a dog handler in special forces is like an additional duty. Right. Um, so um, unlike, you know, like 18 Fox, which is the Intel guy or 18 Delta, which is the medic. And so because it was just an additional duty, uh, we were only able to do it that one time. I got to do it for a little bit longer than I'm, I was supposed to, um, but I got to do it for four years. And then when, when you're done with that, you have to give yeah. it up and, and let somebody else come in. Right. So I uh, was wondering, so you're, you're now like an actual like registered nonprofit. Is that a, is that a pretty difficult process to go through? Uh, not, yeah. Not only difficult, but very expensive. I mean, um, if you can, if you can manage to do all the lawyer paperwork yourself, you know, you can save thousands of dollars, but um, I'm not that lawyer smart and I really wanted it to be done correctly and not to like hit uh, hurdles and hit things that were going to mess us up in the long term. So we hired an attorney. Uh, my wife and I hired an attorney to help us with the paperwork. And uh, it was about $4,000 for the attorney um, just to get them to get through the paperwork. They, they really made it streamlined for us, though. Um, and because they made it so streamlined, uh, we actually got approved on our first try, which I, I've been told, I don't know if this is true or not, but I've been told it's actually rare to get a, the first time approval, you know? So, right. so it was, it was well worth the money. Um, 
tons of time, um, you know, like of sitting behind a computer and just like, because he'll send you, he or she will send you just a list of things that you've got to like figure out, you know, whatever that, hey, what do you want your name to be? You know, like, where, what's your work address? What's your email? You know, like just so much paperwork. What's your mission statement? You know, yeah. like who are your board members, you know? And so, you know, it took me probably four months of just sitting behind a computer every chance I got, filling out the questionnaires that he was sending. And then uh, we actually got approval the month I went to Africa for nine months. So we got approval. Um, we kind of sat on it because I was in Africa uh, with the army. And so uh, I was in Niger. And uh, so we sat on that that for, we, had, we just did like Facebook fundraisers and stuff like that till I got home. And then when I got home, we were able to jump into it full force. Awesome. So we've been a nonprofit for like two and a half years, but really a, almost nine months of that, I was deployed. So are you, uh, are you still active duty reserve or are you out? No, now? I'm a, I'm a guard guy now. Um, so I got, I got out of active duty in 2010 and I'm in 20th group. So I'm in 20th group out of, uh, Alabama. And, gotcha. uh, this after the, after Africa, I, I just asked, I was like, Hey, you know, I've, I've deployed 18 times. I'd like to kind of take a break and do more teaching and be home more. So I've done, I've kind of stepped into more of like a, a teaching role. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. I wasn't sure. I'm, I'm not a veteran. I just happen to hang out with a lot of them because we have the same, like dark sense of humor I've found, yeah. you know, yeah. So. It, you got to have dark. If you don't have dark, you, you shouldn't be here. Yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah, I figure I, I assumed that, uh, a nonprofit filing for that would be pretty intense. Cause I've done a couple of just like filing for patents. And even that is just like <laughs> the most like eye rollingly it's, it's bloated process. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, you, you've got to get through the government, you know, so you've got to get through all of that, uh, all yeah. of that bureaucracy yeah. of that, like, Hey, we really want, you know, we want this and we want that. Yeah. And it did take yeah. me a couple times of like submitting to the lawyer and saying hey this is it this is what i think is the final draft and him being so smart on it he was like nope it's not the final draft he'd kick it back you know redline all the stuff that i yeah. messed up and then have me do it resubmit you know so yeah um while we didn't submit to the irs multiple times we did submit to the lawyer like multiple times right yeah but i mean i guess in reality i mean it is expensive but if you if you were just doing it on your own and the irs is redlining things then <laughs> You know, right. talking about a nightmare, you'd, you'd still imagine? be applying, you know? Oh, yeah, dude, it would take six months, like, from submittal, you know, to, like, get your red line paper back. That takes another six months. Yeah. So totally worth it to uh, to do through the lawyer. Um, he just knew the legal speak that I didn't know. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was pretty awesome because, you know, it was like a, it's a family affair. You know, my son, who's nine, got involved. My wife got involved. You know, she's very heavily involved. And uh, we were able to just kind of knock it out, give our, you know, our goals and dreams and, and kind of go from there. Yeah. Has it been going pretty well so far? I mean, it's, it's been going good. I mean, we've had, we've had, we've been super blessed. I mean, um, I can't even like think of all the people who have blessed us, you know, like Black Rifle especially has been super good to us. Um, Evan, I, you know, Evan and I were contractors together. Oh, okay. And so, yeah, so Evan's just a solid human being, man. And, and, you know, I honestly have to say that, like, there's not a lot of people, not even me, um, affecting the veteran space like like Black Rifle is. You know, like Black Rifle last year 
through VRCC Gives donated um, over a million dollars to veteran causes, you know, and yeah. so for them to be changing and influencing those veteran spheres like they do, um, you know, they are the they are the reason we're able to do what we do. Um, we use the money that they donated us for straight up infrastructure that we are not able to do ourselves, you know, like drainage systems and mm -hmm. fencing and, you know, like uh, putting kennels together and, you know, and without them, we'd still be like, I, you know, I'm, I'm very particular on how, how the dogs are taken care of. And uh, without them, we'd still be like substandard taking care of the dogs, right. you know, like I, I hold ourselves to a very high uh, level of care and, and, uh, and we could, we couldn't do it without them. Yeah. Yeah. They're great. I know, uh, I've never met Evan in person. Um, but we talked off air about, I was in Nashville for, um, uh, Rob O'Neill event, uh, in September. And as I was flying out of Nashville, I bumped into, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Ray cash care. Mm -mm. You don't know him. He's kind of, a. <clears throat> uh, I think he was a team's guy, like a seal. Uh, but he's a big online personality guy. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. he just, I think he just signed on to partner with Black Rifle and stuff. And uh, I was talking to him, and he just happens to get a FaceTime from Evan Hafer. He looks at me, he's oh, like, "Oh, cool. have you ever met Evan?" I was like, "No, but like, I'm a fan." And uh, <laughs> Evan didn't know, doesn't know me at all. I'm just some random, you know, skinny kid from Iowa hanging out with this guy. And he ended up having like a 30 minute conversation with me out of the blue on FaceTime while yeah. he was waiting for his flight. So. It was Evan, awesome. That's some bullshit. I don't get any FaceTime calls from you, Evan. That's some bullshit. I'm calling yeah. you out. Hey, I'm sure he's watching. So, you know. No, I, and to be fair, he wasn't calling me. He was calling the other guy. I just happened to be there. Um, but, yeah, and I know, like, uh, the Black Rifle Give stuff. Um, they're, you know, they're going public, I think, pretty soon. Spring, I believe, as a company. I don't know if you've heard that or not. But, uh I, I, didn't, I haven't. Yeah, so they've, uh, I think they've started the filing process to go public. Um, and from what I've heard from people I know, you know, within the company or connected to them is a part of their, you know, mission going forward from going public is that a, a very large amount of stock, you know, multiple millions of dollars is going to go directly to the uh, BRCC Gives foundation Dude, that's so, amazing yeah um, that, yeah i mean just the whole crew at brcc gives is just amazing man um you know like i'm super good friends with tier who was running it i think he's um actually taken a, a promotion so he's not running brcc gives anymore um and nicole was like his right hand at there at brcc gives and uh those guys crushed it last year i'm super excited for the new regime that's taking over uh, just yeah. to kind of integrate with them. Yeah. Um, I'm not as familiar with those guys. Tier and I are uh, team guys together. So okay. uh, like ODA guys together. So we kind of like know each other, you know, personally as well, as, awesome. you know, as, as well as the, the give side. So it should be, man, it, it's, it's such a good thing that they're doing and it's, it's needed, you know, um, uh, the VA is as a, a great organization and it's got its heart in the right place but it's still a very much a government run organization. So there's so much bureaucracy that's always going to go with the VA. And so without companies like VRCC gives, you know, second chance canine, uh, military mobility, veterans adventure group, without all these like nonprofits kind of like poking holes in, in the dam, you know, of, of veteran suicide, uh, it's just, it's going to be super hard to change it. And, you know, nobody's going to change 
the veteran space like we are going to change the veteran space you know like um veterans you know first and foremost need to kind of make their make their make their make it known what they're trying to do and what they'd like to do and then you know supporters of veterans you know can kind of do the same if you have a rad idea to help veterans and jump on it and and throw it out there because i dude i'm telling you um ever since the closeout of afghanistan i've lost you know i'm starting to lose more buddies now than, than the last few years you know and i think it's all because you know they're just sad dude they're just sad the way it ended they're sad to see what's happening there's they feel uh you know kind of dishonored and how how things went you know like i spent you know like i've only i was in the army before the war but only for a few you know for a few years and, and i've only known war my entire career and so for 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 guys that don't have something like second chance canine to kind of cling to you know i could see how it'd be super hard yeah yeah somebody in the, the chat actually just said um part of that that um going public i think he said that uh they're projecting about five million dollars is going to go directly to brcc gives so that's- Dude, that's so amazing, man. That's yeah. like, it's just, it, it's incredible to, to know what, you know, like think about what $5 million, like, so <laughs> Jeff Bezos was doing his big uh, give thing the other day. And mm-hmm. so I messaged him and then put like a bunch of tags on his Instagram. And I was like, brother, if you gave us $5 million, you know, you gave, you gave the Obama foundation $100 million. You gave this other foundation $150 million. You know, like if you gave us, five million dollars you know like or even 2.5 you know like we would immediately go and buy a property and build six micro kennels for the dogs and every micro kennel is going to have an apartment upstairs so that veterans can come stay with us every you know we're going to build a range on this property we're going to have ponds out there and trails and we really want to make this like this ultimate retreat for when guys are suffering they can come out to, to us and help us work the dogs, help us train these dogs, help us take care of the dogs and, you know, just pull their minds out of whatever garbage they're in at that moment, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Um, and so I me- I'm messaging Bezos all this, you know, I'm like, Jeff, what's up, bro? You know, like hook it up, you know? And, and uh, of course I didn't hear back from him, nah. but you know, I thought it was pretty funny that, yeah. that I was like, you know, like I, I sent him direct messages. I, uh, I put it in his feed so he would, you know, hopefully see right. it, you know, just, uh, yeah, I didn't get anything back though. I don't know. From what I hear is ex-wife's the more charitable one of the two, right? I know. I need to, I need to hit her up and be like, Hey, what's up girl? You know, like, like some money. you know what? Fuck Jeff, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Throw a couple slurs about Jeff in there. Yeah. So she'll like, <laughs> yeah. That bald fuck going to space. Like, what's he think he's doing? <laughs> Right. <laughs> like there's oh, uh, some, oh, something shaped like a dick. What's up with that? Hey, you got an extra yeah, five million? Right. You want to? Uh, uh, well, I mean, he is Doctor. Uh, what's the uh, from Austin Powers? What's that? Oh, Doctor Evil. Doctor Evil. Yeah. He looks just like him. So. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff, the, I love you, bro. If you watch this, I, I, I still would take your money, homie. Oh yeah, yeah. The only thing, my biggest thing about the whole space thing was, uh, for some reason, I got incredibly annoyed that he was wearing his watch like on the outside of his spacesuit. I don't know if you that's saw what that's what astronauts do though right they wear their rolex on the outside yeah of i mean that's maybe what he's doing he was sponsored by yeah. omega so he had this like huge puffy jacket thing on i don't even know yeah. if it was a spacesuit but he had this like omega watch strapped to the outside of it and i was yeah. like come on bezos get some style like 
I'm kind of into the way um, uh, uh, the other guys are doing it. You know how they picked like this grouping of people that have, you know, like all different walks of life. It wasn't about the money at all. You know, like it wasn't like buy a seat on uh, on Tesla's flight. It's it's straight up like, you know, they've got like a pilot who's like a longtime pilot and entrepreneur who's like the lead. Then they've got a nurse or a PA. I can't remember if she's a nurse or a PA who who's a cancer survivor that, you know, like and then they've got like just this all-star cast and they really kind of like did a good job of, of picking people that kind of represent everybody and you know yeah. that they're trying to represent to go to space in the uh tesla in the oh, tesla yeah. system yeah i know the uh i think you know i have my own opinions about <clears throat> jeff bezos and elon musk really but the the privately financed space race has been something pretty awesome to watch it's i think it's going to have some some pretty big ripple effects throughout the years you know from this oh man so my my nephew who i mean i was a teenager when he when he was born and, and just amazing kid is he's works for he's an intern for nasa you know and i just like i i hit up gabe all the time and i'm like dude what's going on now you know like what's yeah. going on now it's crazy you know like to think about the things that they're doing you know the leaps that we've taken in technology in the last 50 years you know like yeah. just 50 years you know of of advancements is it's insane yeah oh yeah i think uh i saw fairly recently they're wanting to land on the moon again in like three years so that'd be interesting. i think that's uh that's tesla isn't it that's tesla trying to do that uh possibly they're all i yeah. think they're all about those reusable rockets so yeah. they're trying to go to the moon and, and have it so that it's re, it's a recyclable reusable system yeah which is pretty cool yeah it's pretty cool so We'll get into what everybody's here for, which is the dogs, you know? Yeah. Everybody loves dogs. Um, well, you can see Shaw, like, working really hard over there yeah. on the couch. I don't know if you can see him. Yeah. Kind of blends. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he looks like he's, you know, had a rough day. <laughs> a rough day riding in the car for 10 hours. All they, yeah. all they did was sleep the whole time. Hey, Shaw. Oh, there he is. Good boy. This is Shaw. So, Shaw is... Uh, a two-year-old Belgian Malinois that we rescued as a six-month-old. Um, he uh, he got kind of naughty, so we uh, brought him back to the to the uh, to the rescue, and we're able to work with him a little bit. Um, he needs a he needs a firm hand, uh, is what it boils down to. When he gets naughty, he needs someone to be like right there on top of him that'll tell him no. You know what I mean? And kind of yeah. like get him back on track. And so uh, we're we're I'm just traveling with him right now. He uh, we're delivering a dog and we're picking up a couple. So I'm just kind of traveling with him, putting the time back into him and uh, making sure he's just a good old boy before he uh, finds his forever home again. Yeah. Everybody's talking about my cough. I don't have COVID. I actually had to go get tested. It's just a sinus infection. So I, uh, yeah. I, I woke up Tuesday with a raspy voice. I was like, oh, no. Like, I got this thing with Travis. So I went. You would have thought, like, I was cooking meth, you know, coming out of the pharmacy with all this. So right. I will say one thing. Of all the downsides I can imagine that meth has, your sinuses are probably pretty awesome if you're on meth, you know. Dude, I, I, I can only, <clears throat> I haven't done meth, but I can imagine it, it would be a very clearing experience. Yeah. yeah. A burning experience. Yeah. Like, I can, I just, like, it's chemicals in your nose, you know. Right. Like, so, so the, your rescue, I think, I went, you know, I did some research. I don't want to go too deep because then it leaves me nothing to really ask. But yeah. um, it seems like, so you, you guys focus primarily on... Uh, Malinois, German Shepherds, and then I believe there was another one, right? Was it a Dutch Shepherds? Dutch Shepherds. It's all, 
it's all very much that high drive uh, breed, you know, like if you see a police officer working with that dog or a military guy working with that dog, that's who we're working with. You know, it's, it's a pandemic right now. It, um, the fact that people are getting these dogs and don't have a, a, a solid understanding. Like I, I, uh, I saw one tonight, actually, um, lady's got like a seven month old baby. Um, and these dogs, if you don't train them right. And when they're puppies, they're very like, they just, they have so much, they have so much drive and so much want, you know, to kind of be like that, that like alpha dog. And so obviously she got it when she was pregnant because she, the puppies, the dog's a year old, the baby's, you know, seven months old. So she had to get it somewhere in that pregnancy. And it just blows my mind that people are like, Hey, I'm going to get this dog. And then, Oh, well, I'm blown away that now this dog's like biting at the baby, you know, it's barking at everyone. Yeah. Yeah. It's being like ultra it's number one. It's jealous of the time that you spend with the baby because it's a baby, right. you know, a one-year-old dog is still very much a baby. Number two, it's, it's, it's not able to get the exercise and the, and the, and the, the play that it needs to do in order to burn off that like negative energy because you have a baby. And so you're like focused on your child, you know? And so the dog builds more resentment towards the baby because, you know, it's, it's not stupid. It sees that baby as something that very much is keeping, you know, mama from playing with me, you know, so the dog can, can get upset as well, you know? And so my, we work with this breed because there's such a problem in people getting them with the not understanding what they're getting into. And then all, you know, like at a year old, or like uh, I've got Oso in the kennel right now, he's 18 months old, he's biting like crazy. And I have to go back and do bite work or like anti bite work with him to get him to stop, you know, and it's a terribly long, painful process, you know, because I, I wasn't able to do it at the right moments when they were little, you know, so now I'm having to do it when they're a full grown dog with full grown dog teeth, you know, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, that's something I did uh, hear you say a lot in your videos on YouTube um, is that they're, you mentioned high drive dogs. Um, could you kind of explain kind of what you mean by high drive? Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, 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 I mean, if everybody's seen them and they're the videos of the police officers where they're like shaking the ball or, or twirling the ball uh -huh. and the flash of a dog that comes by and steals the ball from them, that's like high drive. These dogs are bred um, it's in their DNA to be bite dogs, you know? And mm -hmm. so, you know, the really, really good ones, we don't get the really good dogs. We get kind of like the, the ones that don't make great working dogs because, you know, not every single dog out of a litter is going to have that natural ability or that natural drive to bite. You have to foster it and, and build it up. But we look for that low drive, high drive dog, if that makes sense. We want the one that's still driven enough to get these guys moving get them off the couch you know get them get them back into life but we also don't want it to be so insane that it's causing the guy trouble you know right. your guy or girl trouble um we we we, we do understand that uh, our dogs are a lot of maintenance and we we, we try to prep you with that um, that's kind of one of the reasons we've stuck with the special operations community for now is because all my special former special operations guys have all deployed with this dog. They might not have been the handler, but they've been on the ground. They've lived in the house. They, you know, they all have experiences with these Malinois, which makes them like the perfect guys to get these rescues, you know, because without, without second chance canine repurposing these dogs into service dogs, 
you know, the alternative for these dogs is, is to be put down, you know, so we work really hard. We, we make sure they're ADA compliant. You know, we make sure that they're just amazing dogs. Um, all of them are amazing. Not all of them are service dog quality, you know, so we do have a pretty high failure. <clears throat> um, when a dog shows like negative behavior, like Oso who's in this kennel is going to take me a little bit longer because he's a biter. He actually bit me like he came at he, he got mad and bit me like a pretty solid bite he grabbed my forearm and start, went to shake it and uh you know so i have to really work hard on these dogs and 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 focus that drive that they have into a job which is being a service dog gotcha is that i mean i think you kind of alluded to it earlier but uh i can imagine that's probably the biggest reason you see a lot of these dogs either being rescued by someone like you or in shelters, right? People get them. I mean, they're cool biting. dogs. I mean, all yeah, of yeah. like... biting is a hundred percent biting. It's, it's, it's biting because, um, these dogs need that direction. They need that firm hand. They need that, you know? And so if you let them start getting away with it, it, it an inch becomes a mile, you know, kind of thing. And so biting is the number one reason, um, we see these dogs end up in the shelter biting or destruction. Right. So it's between those two. You know, um, the fact that if you don't uh, house these dogs correctly, if you don't uh, exercise them correctly, you know, if you don't uh, feed them correctly, um, they can become destructive. Yeah. Uh, super destructive. I mean, like, chew this drywall in this hotel that I'm, you know, that I'm sitting at. Like, this coffee table is free game, you know, if I'm not yeah. working Sean and making it. You know, my computer is free game. Oh, yeah. You know, I've caught them, I've caught them with my phone in their mouth, you know, like... Yep. Uh, you know, it's just anything and everything. Normally it's whatever you value the most is what they want to destroy. Oh yeah. Um, I have a, I have a police officer friend and she adopted a Malinois, um, that I guess didn't make it through to be a, a work dog for the police department here. And, uh, she had a, with her in the car, she was pumping gas, pumped gas, thought it was fine, like cleaned her windows. Fine, got in the car, and in that amount of time, the dog had chewed off the seatbelt in her Lexus. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um, so the Channing Tatum movie that's coming out about the demon dog. Oh, you're just a demon. I don't know if you've seen the trailer. I it's a it's a ranger dog, um, and and they're trying to take him to like a ranger funeral. Okay. I went through handler course with with a few rangers, right? And so I think actually one of the handlers that I went through the course with was on set as a like a an advisor because that exact situation where that dog eats his seats happened yeah. when we were at the the dog handling course the uh handler was doing bite work with another dog and his dog was in the kennel the dog destroyed the kennel got out of the kennel into the rental car and destroyed the entire passenger seat so this is like week two of an eight-week course so they drove that car around with the destroyed passenger seat for the last six weeks and then at the end, they just like turned it into the rental car uh, place at the airport after hours. Oh, yeah. and it was just like, and just never said anything. Yeah. That, I mean, it was on a government card, so yeah. I guess it got covered. But, right. Yeah, I hope know, they got that pretty, $6 like, insurance, you know. <laughs> right? Yeah, but that dog uh, broke out of his kennel, destroyed the passenger seat in that car, and then, you know, just was like smiling and happy with like foaming and out of his mouth when they when they came back to the car that day. Yeah. Yeah, I know, like, I've, you know, I've, I know people that have Malinois, mostly. I don't see a lot of people with German Shepherds anymore. It seems like Malinois are kind of the hot new 
breed. Um, it, it is the it is the accessory right now. Yeah, and but I think that's probably why you know you're rescuing so many of them is you get these people that see them, you know, oh this is what you know team guys use. He's like, look at this dog. Look at they see the YouTube videos of these things like doing tightrope walks, you know, and <laughs> they're like have, dragging down I, a three hundred pound dude. You know? Yeah, I have yet to be able to teach a dog to get on a rope. I don't know what they do to teach that dog to get up there. Uh, I've been trying because I'm like, I wonder what they do to teach that dog to walk on a tightrope. Yeah. But uh, maybe mine are just, they're just, because uh, they're all rescues and their previous trauma, you know, yeah. maybe they're just not not ready yeah. for that. Yeah, but I think, yeah, people get them because they think they're cool and then, yeah, don't realize this high drive you're talking about. And they're like, hey, I just want to sit down and uh, watch SEAL Team on CBS with this dog. <laughs> but the, the whole time it's like chewing my door apart to my bathroom. Right. You know? Well, and I mean, it's, uh, it's definitely, and I'm not saying it's like, there are definite success stories, you know, like there are people that live in apartments that have Malinois. Yeah. There are people that live, you know, like that, that are on the road full time that live in campers that have Malinois. Um, it's doable. Um, you just have to have the commitment level yeah. to do it. You know, like you, if you, I don't care how long my day is, like, I don't care how long my work day is. My work day could be 12 hours, you know, and I still have to come home and work dogs out. You know, I yeah. still have to come home and spend several hours throwing the Kong, several hours playing tug, you know, several hours of just uh, kind of beating up on each other, you know, like wrestling yeah. with them and stuff like that. Um, not to mention, you know, we have uh, 12 dogs in the program right now. Uh, eight of them are at my house, you know, so I have several hours of dog shit I have to clean up every day, you know, yeah. like, so, you know, like cleaning their kennels and, you know, the animal husbandry side of it, you know, yeah. taking care of them. So it's, you know, it makes for really long days. Um, and we've, we've kind of, we've kind of realized like where our happy spot is eight dogs is not our happy spot, you know, <laughs> so we're gonna, you know, work towards this property to where we can right. have more dogs. Awesome. Awesome. So um, when you rescue these, is it typically is, is somebody calling you saying like, Hey, I know somebody that has this dog can't handle it. It's that it's, uh, it's the, it's the referrals, the owner surrender referrals. It's the Facebook, uh, uh, groups. Uh, we're in all the Malinois, uh, Dutch shepherd Facebook groups. Um, it's, it's also the pounds, you know, like, so everything within a 200 mile radius of where we live has my business card and know and knows before they put a malinois down that they can call us and we'll come look at it you know like not you know not 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 promising that we'll get it not promising that it's a good fit for us right. but we'll at least come and look at it you know right. and, and kind of go from there um ragnar i don't know if you saw ragnar's video on our youtube channel the blind dog okay he came from, he came from a pound Oso, who's with me now he came from the pound he was a death row dog yeah you know, i did like, watch that one yeah yeah, Oso is a death row dog. He has a bite history behind him. He was, you know, biting people pretty severely. Uh, Beignet, uh, death row, another death row dog, you know. Um, he wasn't necessarily biting people. He was just very standoff with, standoffish with people. And, uh, and he has heartworms. So he's just, like, this really hard dog to kind of, like, manage and take care of. And, and we, uh, you know, it sucks. And we want dogs that we can kind of, like, spend six to eight months with and make them really good dogs and service dogs. But, you know, we're on these, we're right now, we've got several dogs that are going to be year long projects, you know, before we can actually right. certify them. Right. What's the, uh, like, what's the attrition rate for a dog you adopt and train to actually so, 
be trained to a service dog as opposed to just yeah, yeah. A, an adoption. So if it's a puppy, we're pretty fairly good about getting them uh, through the training. Um, we had one dog recently named Urso, who uh, amazing dog. He just doesn't like people. <laughs> I think even as a puppy, he was a rescue. So he was abused pretty severely as a puppy. So he's very like, he just takes him a minute to trust you, which is hard for a service dog because you want to walk a service dog into just random acts, you know, like, right. oh, we're going into the lows, you know, mm -hmm. like you have to adapt. Well, we're going into a restaurant now. You have to adapt. And so Urso was just kind of slow to adapt. So instead of like forcing him to do it now, we adopted him out. Um, you know, if I had to put a number to our attrition rate, as far as the service dog program goes, I'd say 60%, you yeah. know, 60% are failures, you know. Um, oh, 60% fail out. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. If I was working with puppies, completely different story. Because right. at all the the general at, at all the age hurdles, I'd be like, oh, now I'm going to expose you to this floor. Now I'm going to expose you to this building. Now I'm going to take you to a restaurant. I'm getting these dogs like Oso is 18 months old, you know, and Oso's doing things that I do with like two month old puppies, you know. Right. And so if he can't adapt, then he'll he'll probably fail out. But he's a really good dog, so right. I, I think he'll make it. Yeah. Yeah. And I can see that too. Cause I mean, you don't want to, you definitely want to have your dog ready to go. Right. You don't want to force anything and then have somebody right. adopt as a service dog. And next thing you know, they're like, Hey, my dog just went batshit crazy and lows on somebody. Right. Right. And that's what we're trying to avoid. You know, like um, we're looking for those negative behaviors. We're looking for like a positive, we don't ever want to have like a bite on our record, you know, kind right. of thing with the rescue. We want to make sure that we're above, you know, we're kind of above that reproach, you know, right. in that, you know, um, and plus we're, you know, we're making ADA compliant American Disabilities Act compliant service dogs. That's not an easy thing to do. You know, mm -hmm. like the hurdles that you have to go through in order to meet those ADA rules are pretty strict, you know, like they're extremely strict. And so that's kind of a, that's kind of where, where we're at, you know? Yeah. Is that like, um, like a certification program you've had to go through to do ADA or? So I went through all the training courses for the military, like master trainer, dog trainer, advanced handler, beginning handler. And uh, I am like, I, I am like looking for behavioral courses now that I can go to so that I can learn more, you know, about like why, you know, like I know why a Malinois does what it does, but I kind of want to like broaden my abilities and, and, and learn more about like animal psych, you know, the animal psyche, you know, and, what pack mentality is, you know, and, and, and stuff like that. So I'm looking for some behavior courses I can take and get certified in it as well. Right. So then once you have a, a, a dog ready, like, are you I'm trying to think how to word this? Are you tra training a service dog for someone specifically, or do you train them and then f vet uh, a um, veteran it, to, to take yeah, them? So we have, we have a wait list. Um, where guys are guys are have applied and they're waiting for their dog, and uh, I rely heavily on um, spiritual guidance from Bear in order to make to do my pairings. I don't know if that like right. I know it's super I know it's super cheesy, but I don't pray or anything like that. I'm not a religious guy, you know. But I I very much rely on, you know, like I I kind of like I pose the question to Bear like, hey man, what do you you know like what do you, I talk to Bear every day. You know, so I, I talk to Bear every single day, but when I have a dog who's kind of ready or getting ready, you know, I start thinking about the person that I want to take them to. I start thinking about like, you know, Bear and, and what he did for me. And I, and I 
you know, I wait for that feeling, you know, that it's the right, it's the right pairing. And then, you know, I feel like Bear, I mean, I feel like he talks back to me, you know, he's my, he's my, he's my best friend, you know, he, um, even though he's gone, you know, he's still, he's still right there with me doing this, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely seems like a pretty strong connection even still, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. So you have a wait list. Like how, how long is the wait list? You know, is it? Um, the guy I'm taking a dog to tomorrow has been on the wait list for a year. Um, we're a small organization, you know, we're like, it's legit me and my wife as the only, and we're not employees, we're volunteers, right. but we're the only full-time volunteers. Um, we just, you know, we both work full-time jobs. Uh, so we do this out of like just pure love and, and affection for the breed and for our, our veterans. And so it takes us a little bit longer, you know, we're not a, we're not a for-profit uh, service dog corporation, you know, right. like we're not, we're not making these dogs and selling them for $40,000. You know, right. we're making these dogs and donating them to, to veterans, you know? And so it requires a little bit more patience on your part. Mm -hmm. If you're applying for a dog from us, um, because we do have restrictions, you know, like I have a full-time job. Uh, we, we only have four kennel slots at the house, you know, like we only have slots for four, four dogs, you know, at the house, we're at eight right now, but we only have the slots for four, you know, kind of thing. Right. Um, and so it, it just takes me a minute to be able to get through the training. I, I incorporate the dogs into everything I do, you know, and they like, basically the dog kind of becomes my service dog in training, uh, while he's being trained and I take them everywhere with me. Uh, they go to work with me. They go to, you know, I, I teach the military full-time for, uh, CQB and, and shooting and stuff like that. So they go with me, uh, when I go do that, they go, they travel with me everywhere I go, you know, the dogs get incorporated into my life and that's how I'm able to make them such solid because the amount of exposure that I give them is just so intense. You know, they see everything that I see every day. So, you know, we, it sucks cause we do want to turn these dogs faster, but we don't want to, we don't want to turn out a bad product either. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And then, uh, somebody in the chat was asking, uh, if they're in the Nashville area, are they able to volunteer at your facility? We're at our home, but I mean, if you want to come up and hang out at our, at our house, we're like legit in our backyard. Yeah. Uh, we live in a neighborhood. Um, neighbors have been really, really cool. Uh, like we, we very much try to keep the dogs from barking a lot, you know, yeah. like we have to sometimes use bark collars and stuff when mm -hmm. we have like a noisy German shepherd. Um, but yeah, if you want to come hang out at our house and hanging out with dogs, you're more than welcome to. Yeah. Well, you're a big bearded guy who teaches CQB and then has a yard full of fur missiles. I don't think your neighbors are going to come over and give you too much shit, right? Uh, they've called the cops. Like in the past, they've called the cops on us a few times. Yeah. I mean, they're all my friends. So they come over and I give them a cup of coffee and we hang out. And then they, yeah. you know, they're like, oh, cool. All right. We'll, we'll log it. Yeah. Speaking of that, I, there was a question that uh, I saw and didn't get a chance to ask, but, uh, I know Black Rifle did like a fur missile coffee. Like, were you involved in that at all? Or? We were, yeah, yeah. We were the beneficiaries of that coffee. That coffee sold out in 12 hours, I want to say. Yeah, that was the question. Like, I was like, ask this guy yeah. if he could give me fur missile coffee. Like, it sold <laughs> yeah, out the yeah, second I, I got Dude, it's gone. Like, it's straight up. Like, that, it, like, legit hit, like, I didn't even know, because we've been talking about it for months and months and months, and uh, I didn't even know, like, that it was coming out. And then it hit. And uh, my buddies at Black Rifle started texting me about it. And I was like, I, you know what? I know I don't even have any fur missile. So it's all gone, legit, like all gone. It all, like it sold out in 12 hours. Yeah. 
and well, we were the beneficiary. So yeah. So thank you guys for buying for missile. Yeah, sounds like a good problem to have to sell out in twelve hours, right? You right. Know? So that was great. Uh, what other? Um, have you ever had any? Because you know, I'm sure some of these people get these dogs, um, whether they really care or not. You know, have you ever had like a somebody call you like, hey, this guy's got this Malinois change to a tree outside. He's a piece of shit. You got to go and yeah. kind of get a little hostile and like say like, hey man, like do you really want to keep this dog? You know? Yeah, yeah. Dude, it actually happened with Kuma, um, our current service dog. Um, Kuma, uh, we got a call about Kuma. He was uh, chained to a tree in North Georgia as like a, like a month and a half old puppy. And uh, so me and my buddy went over there. The guy who t- told me about it went over there and uh i i'm like hey i knock on the door you know and i'm like hey this you know this dog that you know that's not healthy for this dog you know like what are your guys plans with the dog you know it was pretty cold out it was uh winter time and so poor kuma his ears are like if you look at like some of our our videos his ears will never stand um Mm -hmm. because he just had such bad exposure um when he was a puppy and so i'm like well you know like it got kind of heated and uh, we started kind of going back and forth. And I was like, well, what is it going to take for me to be able to get this dog off you right now? And they were like, $800. And so I drove over to the ATM, pulled out $800, threw it at him, scooped the dog up and took him home. And Kuma has been our handsome little man ever since. So Nice. Well, on behalf of the, the neuter nation, fuck that guy, you know? <laughs> yeah, so Kuma is my new dog. Uh, Baron, like I said, she turned 10. And so she just, she's cool with traveling with me every once in a while, but traveling with me full time was really starting to take a toll on her, you know, like mm-hmm. she's getting older. So, uh, and she's had, she tore like an ACL a couple of years ago. So we brought Kuma on just to be able to kind of like give her some rest. And sure enough, man, Kuma is like so freaking popular. If, uh, if you see me out in, in public, please, by all means, come up and say hi and, and talk to Kuma because he will happily let you pet him um one of the one of the things i like to do is uh if you pet one of the dogs i normally carry that dog sticker with me so if you pet the dog you get that dog sticker like i have shaw stickers with me Uh, but kuma is so sweet and so popular like we were in san diego for some work and uh, meetings and stuff i ran out of kuma stickers that's how many people met kuma and i had to have taken several hundred stickers with me down to san diego and we like legit went dry on Kuma stickers. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. When I uh, kind of announced that you were coming on the show, uh, I got a lot of responses like, oh, Travis is an awesome guy. I got probably four times the responses like, is Kuma going to be with him? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so fucked up. I hate you guys sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It's a real thing, you know, like uh, when I walk into a room because I have these cool dogs with me and they're so well behaved because I put so many hours into them. You know, like I, I, I'm, I'm kind of just the guy holding the leash, you know, like, uh, what movie was that where like he was standing there holding their purse on the catwalk. It was, uh, was that um, forgetting Sarah Marshall or just like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was standing there holding the purse on the catwalk. Yeah. And they were like, Hey, can you get yeah, out? Yeah. It's, it's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. He's standing there. Somebody's like, Hey, Mutumbo, get out of the way. Cause big tall length. That know? is, that is me and Kuma's relationship. People are like, can I take a picture with Kuma? And they're like, Oh, will you take our picture with Kuma? You know, I'm like he's he's my dog you know like and they're like oh we only want kuma i love me some kuma yeah well earlier when you're talking about you know dogs getting jealous i think you're starting to maybe drift that way oh dude i'm training like i'm definitely training stupid dogs they all like hey i'm a person too man love on me too yeah yeah so 
you know, your nonprofit, you, you uh, mentioned you donate these dogs. Um, I'd imagine though, like a, a, a year long training course for these dogs has to be fairly expensive. I mean, um, your time aside, I mean, I mean is outside of that, yeah, I mean, just like feeding. So, yeah. All of my time is donated. Um, if you added it up, a, a service dog costs about $25,000, uh, 25 to 40 is about the, the American average for a service dog. Um, you know, because I'm donating my time, we're able to, uh, cut that down, you know, significantly. Um, but you know, like vet bills aren't cheap, you know, uh, food is not cheap and we don't feed crappy food. We feed our very high end food. Um, you know, vet bills are not cheap. Travel is not cheap. Like I'm legit a day into like a five day trip to go get, to go pick up dogs right mm -hmm. now, you know, so five days of hotel to go rescue dogs out in Reno, I, you know, like, and the ones out in Reno aren't rescues. They're donation dogs. They're just amazing dogs that have had the most exposure I've ever had in a dog. You know, I'm not even going to know what to do with these two puppies that are coming to us that have been like treated like kings, you know, and <laughs> compared to the ones where like drink <coughs> and stuff. Right. Oh. It's a, you know, a time aside, you know, because percent donate all of my time uh melissa 100 percent donates all of time you know uh food gear uh medical uh you know just everything it's it really starts to add up you know kind of kind of thing and so you know companies like black rifle are really the only way we can survive the just the regular donations for just our regular monthly expenses you know and then uh, we're, but we don't make a lot of headway uh, until somebody steps up and does like a $10,000 donation and stuff, you know, that's where, you know, we use all of that corporate money to infrastructure, you know, and we use the, the donations, the, the everyday regular donations from kind of like keeping the lights on. Right. Right. So, you know, we'll get to donation stuff here in a second, but are there any kind of like, um, government grants or anything out there for what you do? So I actually applied for a grant and we got it. Um, and we're going to be someone um, to learn about the grant industry because okay. the grant it, it's an industry like it or not, it is an industry, you know? And so we're kind of at a detriment because we don't know how to apply for grants, how to, you know, where to find the grants that we qualify for. So I applied for this, uh, a grant from a foundation, which was a direct application. It wasn't like go to the internet and search for it. Mm -hmm. And uh, thank God they gave it to us. And we're going to be able to send um, one of our board members to this school where she will learn everything there is to know about grants A to Z. She'll know how to write grants. She'll know how to research grants. She'll know how to do everything about it. Um, so that's, ne that's next school year. So after the summer, uh, she'll be doing that for a whole year. Um, that's how long that course is. And then from there, she can start writing us grants and looking for grants for us and stuff like that. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that would help. I'd, I'd imagine there's got to be, especially if you're doing, if you're donating these things mm -hmm. to veterans, mm -hmm. I'm sure there's got to well, be. And, and, and if we can get the grant going, like what we want to do for, uh, for our kind of our utopia or our retreat for veterans is very much in the VA space, you know, like just getting uh, our, our board member through the course is going to be magic because once she's through the course, she can kind of go to the VA and say, 
this is what we want to build. You know, we want to build this place where guys can go retreat and, you know, there's therapy on staff, you know, and stuff like that. You know, would you be willing to help us build that? You know, like we can go to, we can go to the Jeff Bezos's and, and present them with a built grant that's that a grant writer built right. and say, Hey, we need to get this grant built. You know? Right. It'll be two, it'll be two years before we see a grant. Um, yeah. It's a year for, for her to take the course, like a whole year of her just taking the course and then um, a year for her to search out grants and apply for grants. Gotcha. And then the way grants work, from what I understand, I'm not 100% on them, but uh, you apply for them and then you get them that next week or that next year, excuse me. Oh, got, yeah. Um, yeah, because they probably have to go through like yeah. appropriations and stuff. And Yeah, yep, yep, yep. So as far as I understand, when we apply for the grant, uh, we will find out about it the year, the next year, the following yeah. year. Yeah, have you, um, have you thought about reaching out to like the, the food brand you use and becoming like a, a marketing affiliate or something for them or we, uh, we were sponsored. Uh, we just, uh, the, the, the pet food store we were going through, which was an amazing, it's an amazing store. Actually, we're close to where you're from. Um, they, they just changed ownership. So we kind of like, we've been talking to the new owners, but they're not, they're not financially able to support us. Like the last guys were, gotcha. um, so we, we lost our food sponsorship. So we're back on paying it ourselves. And uh, we have eight dogs at the house and 12 or 13 dogs in the program. Um, there's one that I'm thinking about failing um, just in, in adopting it out. But uh, so, you know, we're feeding almost 14 dogs all the time. You know, like uh, we go, we burn through 50 pound bags of dog food. We just burn through them. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so obviously we'll get to, um, we'll get to wrapping up, but um, you know, obviously you, it's an amazing cause you're doing, you're doing great work. You're an awesome guy donating all this stuff, you know, um, where can people I'm, like, I'm not an awesome guy, but it's all good. <laughs> I say the same thing. I but, have my dark side. I uh, have my dark side. I have my dark side. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's a, there's a group chat with people that see my dark memes and shit. And they're like, God, man, like, because <laughs> like the public doesn't know about kids this and, stuff. Kids and dogs, man, like, I'm awesome for kids and dogs, man. Everybody else can kind of like fend for themselves. Right. Um, but kids and dogs, dude, I will always have my heart. You know, I was the same way in Afghanistan and Iraq, you know, like, um, you know, all the kids would come up to me cause they knew I was the big sucker that would hand them handfuls of candy. Um, and every, like all my cool guy pictures, like 90% of them, I'm usually standing there holding somebody's kid, you know, like right. over in Afghanistan or Iraq, you know, like I didn't really, you know, like, to me, kids and dogs are innocents, and it's my job to protect them as innocents, you know? Yeah. So what are your thoughts on Cujo, then? Innocent? Not innocent? Which one's Cujo? Cujo, the, the dog from the movie. Oh. Rabies? Yeah, I haven't seen that. Oh. I haven't watched that movie. Say Bernard gets rabies, essentially. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, then in, in, innocent, but still needs to be taken care of, you yeah. know? If he's got, you know, if he's gotten rabies and he loses it, then, uh, you know, like... It's not his fault he got rabies, yeah. but he still you still need to take care of it. Right. So, you know, to anybody listening, anybody out there, um, like how can they help? Like I uh, I went ahead and put uh, the links and stuff in the if you uh, description for this video of your Patreon and your website and stuff. But if yeah, if you can Patreon Patreon is big for us. I really like Patreon because um, it's hard for me to interact if you donate off the website. We we 100% do a handwritten letter to every single person that donates, uh, where we we physically have your address. If you donate to us in a way that we like, we get your address. Then we like me, um, 
my wife, um, uh, one of our one of our volunteers, we all sit down and write, like we take turns writing letters to, to you saying thank you. Um, that's huge for me. I will always do that no matter how big we get. Um, and then, you know, but Patreon is a big one for me because I can actually interact with you on Patreon. Whereas some of these other ones, it's a really hard to interact. Even Instagram is getting to the point where it's like, we're getting enough of a following mm -hmm. that it's hard for me to respond to every comment because man, the comments are just piling oh, yeah. up, you know? And so oh. like, I'm working full time and trying to work dogs full time, you know? So, but I like Patreon cause I check in like once or twice a week on Patreon. I do private videos to Patreon, giving like updates on dogs. Um, and get on Patreon or as little as a cup of coffee a month. Like I have a, a level that nobody's really signed up for yet, but like I'm willing to donate like all of my time and experience if you jump in on our highest level and I will spend a day with you. So if you come in at our highest level, at the one year, uh, one year anniversary, I, you come out to the kennel, spend a day with us at the kennel. I donate like going to the range with you and teaching you things that I teach the military guys, you know, so Patreon's really big for me. Uh, but if you just want to be a solid supporter and, and jump on, um, you know, the website, that's, that's amazing too. We, we truly appreciate everything we get. We're, we're very, we try to like make sure everything we, you know, like we get is very accounted for in that. Like we're, you know, we have uh, like, projects at the house that we're trying to knock out to make the dog's lives better, you know, like heated, you know, like heat, like power and water out to the kennels was a big one this year, you know, like for 21. Uh, so we've, we've got power and water out to the kennel. Dude, it was expensive, you know, yeah. like it was, um, you know, like running power 150 feet to some kennels, you know, like you wouldn't think it would have been that expensive, but it was, it was several thousand dollars later. Oh yeah. You know? And so those things all help us, you know, we're, we're really in it to make the lives of the dog as best as we can possibly make them. You know, that's the stuff that helps us do that. You know, um, if there's something specifically that you want to get involved in, like you want to buy it because kit's expensive too. We try to, we try to give these dogs to our veterans with no financial burden to them, you know? So, you know, buying a vest, $400 vest and a, you know, like a whole uh, handler kit, like a $300 kennel, you know, We'll, we'll probably have, you know, when we donate a dog, we'll probably have about two to $3,000 worth of gear that goes with that dog, you know? And so if there's a dog or if you work for a company that wants to sponsor a dog, shoot a YouTube video. Like when I, I love making them on a dog is 400 bucks, you know, yeah. like it costs us 400 bucks to make a YouTube video, you know? So that's filmed, edited everything, but it's still like, if you want to get involved in a dog and sponsor a dog, man, that would be awesome. If you're a corporation that wants to say, Hey, we can throw $6,000 at this next dog, you know, yeah. like we'll make, we'll name that dog after, you, <laughs> you know, like you'll be the title sponsor on the YouTube name the dog after you, you know, right. like let's do this. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, like I said, uh, I would put the Patreon link in the video. Um, you know, so go check that out. Uh, I'll definitely subscribe after this, you know, I could, uh, I'll unsubscribe to a lot of the OnlyFans stuff that I'm involved in, and uh, uh, dogs I've are a better. About making an only... Yeah, uh, I've talked about making an OnlyFans, but it would be only feet, and it would be only, you know, like the creepers that like can uh, they can subscribe to our only feet. Dogs. <laughs> nice. Dogs feet. Yeah. 
I was gonna say if donating. You're a, if you're OnlyFans, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say that like, um, I'll donate to a dog that's going to a vet because the OnlyFans I've been donating to it's supposed to be for her tuition, but it's been like six years. Like, I don't think she's going to school, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she, going to, she could be a doctor, you know, or a lawyer, you know. Like, yeah. uh, we've actually. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've asked a couple of my board members. I'm like, well, you know, if you can only fans can I take a picture of your feet to like put it on there to raise money for the dogs. And they're like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> so I will happily put my feet on only fans for dogs. Like if you want to see these ugly feet, like I'll put them up there for you. There's somebody out there that will find your feet beautiful. I promise you that. <laughs> oh, no, man. They're so bad dude like my feet are so beat up from softer clothes my whole life and the internet is a wild and disgusting place so no i'm sure they are tattooed tattooed, there you go there's a little bit of color in there so we'll wrap this up um like i said i've linked all your stuff below go check them out uh definitely you know um like subscribe to your YouTube. Um, God, please, please do that. Please, please hit us up on on uh, Instagram and and Facebook. I mean, gosh, guys, you have no idea how much that helps us. Um, getting our following over ten thousand will allow us to do swipe us for you know like different mm-hmm. giveaways we're doing and different dog stuff, you know. And so we're so close. Let me see where we're at today. We're uh, you know like we've grown so much this year. Um, and we're so close to getting to that, that level where we're, where we were wanting to be in that, you know, we can, you know, cause it's, for us, it's all about saving more dogs, you know, right. like it's a hundred percent about, you know, like if we get our YouTube to like a global level, like some of these YouTube stars, all of that money will just go right back into dogs, you know, like there's dudes out there with like, that are making $300,000 a month on YouTube. Oh, yeah. We want to be that you know, so that we can rescue more dogs and we can, you know, hire people that are like, okay, I can take on 30 dogs right now because I can hire 13 people to take care of them right now, you know, and, and that's where we want to be. We're at 6,500 followers on uh, Instagram right now. Yeah. And we're really trying to like yep. up those numbers. Our, our YouTube is, is, is slacking a little bit. Our YouTube is, uh, is at, uh, let me look right here. Uh, your channel. We are at, 552 subscribers on youtube so if you guys want to like we've got some really cool videos on there man uh, yeah. we we are i am gonna like i'm i have a meeting out in reno with a with a fellow trainer so our youtube is going to start getting more than just meeting the dogs we're actually gonna um i'm very reluctant to talk training um just because i train very differently i train only malinois and so but i have a trainer that i'm gonna meet with in reno who is just he does everything right that's like his business um, and he, he and I are going to kind of like thinking about doing a podcast, like a weekly podcast about dog training and dog yeah. behavior and, you know, like how to stop your dog from doing this. And so, so kind of be on the lookout for that as well. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I think it, you'd probably do pretty well with the podcast. You seem uh, very passionate and you're very well-spoken. So, you know, I think do well. And, uh, YouTube, YouTube is a really tough nut to crack. Um, especially if you're under a thousand. You know, if you're under a thousand, YouTube is doing you no favors, right? No favors. Once yeah, you hit that thousand mark, it kind of starts picking up pretty well. But man, it's a it's a uphill climb to get to a thousand subscribers. 
you know. So, I mean, there's probably 500 people watching this right now, you know. Like, just jump on over to YouTube and yeah. hit our like button for yeah. us, you know. Yeah, go smash hit the like button. like button. Yeah, smash it for us. Yeah, smash the like button. So, we'll let you get out of here. You've got a long day of driving tomorrow, man. But uh, thanks for having us on, or thanks for coming on. Um, and, uh, again, go check out Second Chance Canines. Like, subscribe to everything. Uh, hit up the Patreon. Like you said, I was on there today. And you can get subscribed to it for less than what you're paying for whatever bullshit Starbucks you're buying every day. So, <laughs> so go hit that up. And uh, Travis, thanks again for coming on, man. Hey, man, it's it's my honor, dude. Thank you so much. I, I am so passionate about this rescue. And I will talk. I Like I've said, I will, I will happily stop what I'm doing and talk to anybody about it at any time. Um, it's just, it's just who we are and what we, what we want to do with this world. You know, like, you know, we all have our one little thing that we want to change and influence in the world. And, and these dogs is, is definitely our, our thing. So, you know, by, by, uh, by supporting us and, and, you know, liking all our stuff and jumping on Patreon, you're able to, uh, you know, you're, you're not only saving mm -hmm. the life of a veteran, but you're saving the life of a, of a, of a canine at all. Gotcha. Well, awesome, man. Thanks again for coming on. Uh, everybody watching, you know, uh, as far as Neuter Nation goes, like, subscribe, uh, go to iTunes, leave a review. Uh, it does wonders. But uh, thanks for listening. Thanks again, Travis. Good night.